Hey there. Grace and peace to you all. It is Captain Roger from the Grass Valley Corps. Our regular Sunday service has been preempted by family camp, and our congregation is heading to Camp Del Oro to celebrate our God together with salvationists from around Northern California and Nevada, which means I'm not around to do our regular teaching this week. However, as I have been known to do from time to time, I thought I'd leave you a little something from God's Word to give you some encouragement for the week. Let's try something, and I know I know this might be weird if you're watching online or listening to the podcast, which is pretty much the only way you're going to see this, but you know what? Give it a try. It might be fun. Are you ready? Praise God. No, that, that's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to do it. When I say attitude check, you say praise the Lord. You got it? We're going to do this seven times. Attitude check, praise the Lord. Ready? Okay. Attitude check. Praise the Lord. 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 Last time. Attitude check. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Amen. There you go. We just said praise the Lord seven times. And we all know that seven is a nice biblical number, so obviously God must feel praise now, right? Our work is done. We can all go on satisfied that God knows we have praised him. Thank you. You've all been a great congregation. Uh, um, somehow I feel like maybe there should be more to it than that. I'm thinking about it. There is a scripture that says something about this. Um, oh, yeah. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Continual sacrifice of praise. It sounds like more than seven, doesn't it? Continual sacrifice of praise. Continual sacrifice. Sacrifice. You know, I've been doing this pastoral thing for a while now, and I got a whole lot of Bible schooling, so I'm pretty familiar with that whole sacrifice thing. They did a lot of it in the Old Testament. They would take sheep and cows and stuff, and they'd let the blood out of them, and then put them on this great barbecue place that God had set up called the temple. I'm pretty sure that's not what the writer of Hebrews is talking about, though. Um, Jesus was the last blood sacrifice. Let's see if there's more. Oh, yeah, right. The, the very next verse tells us what they mean by a sacrifice. So let's do verses 15 and 16 here. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. Huh. All right, so the sacrifice that we are supposed to be making is that we do good and share with those in need. Do good and share with those in need. You're not going to believe this. I just happen to have a story about exactly this kind of thing. Once upon a time, back in ancient Israel, the richest man in town had managed to get himself up on the Sabbath day and had gone to his town synagogue. And as usual on the days when he made it in, he was pretty tired. 
So he sat in back, and he tried to get as comfortable as possible on the hard wooden bench back there so that he could get a little sleep during the service. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Just raise your hand. I want to see you afterwards. So this man was sleeping as best he could, but the bench wasn't helping, and the people around him kept getting up and singing and stuff. And so he ended up in one of those kind of like half-awake, half-asleep states where he's sort of dreaming and kind of awake at the same time, right? And the people around him started to read this passage of Scripture from Leviticus chapter 24. This is verses 5 and 6. You must bake 12 loaves of bread from choice flour using four quarts of flour for each loaf. Place the bread before the Lord on the pure gold table and arrange the loaves in two rows with six loaves in each row. And he's hearing this, but he's not really awake, so he's hearing it like God is standing there talking to him. Hey, rich guy, you must bake twelve loaves of bread from choice flour, using four quarts of flour for each loaf. Pray, place the bread before the Lord on the pure gold table, and arrange the loaves in two rows with six loaves in each row. It. So the service ends, someone pokes him, he wakes up, but he doesn't realize that he just heard the scriptures being read. He thinks it was really God talking to him. And he's like, wow, I'm really very honored that God would seek me out personally to ask me to bring him an offering. But he's also got this little voice in the back of his head saying, well, dude, you are way too important for God to just want 12 loaves of bread from you. But he figured arguing with God's not a real bright thing to do. So he went home. And he started to bake some bread, and his wife got all confused. She's like, what are you doing? But he didn't want to tell her, so he just said he was loafing around. Okay, that last part. He wasn't married. So he got the 12 loaves of bread together, and he headed back to church. But he didn't want to go up to his rabbi and say, um, excuse me, uh, God asked me to bring him 12 loaves of bread. Have you seen him around, or has he left any delivery directions, or anything like that? So instead, this guy kind of just sort of snuck back into the sanctuary, and he tried to figure out what to do with 12 loaves of bread. Now, in every synagogue, they had a big box near the altar where they kept the scrolls with the Bible written on them. And at this point, the rich man started to feel kind of like an idiot just wandering around with all this bread. So he opened up that box, and he sort of just pushed it all in around the scrolls and slid the lid back over and took off. No sooner had he left the room then the poorest man in town came in. Now, this man was actually the caretaker of the synagogue, and he was sweeping up this little trail of flour that some inconsiderate person had managed to leave all over the building. It was almost like it fell off a loaf of bread. But when he got up towards the front, he stopped what he was doing, and he fell to his knees near the altar, and there he started to just pour his heart out to God. He said, oh, Lord, I am so poor. My family is starving. We have nothing to eat. Unless you perform a miracle for us, we will surely perish. And after a few minutes, he got back up and he went back to straightening things out. And he noticed the lid of the scroll box was sticking up a little funny, so he went to see what was up with that. But when he lifted the lid, there were 12 loaves of bread. It's a miracle, said the poor man. Oh, God, I had no idea you worked like that. Blessed are you, O Lord, who answers our prayers. And then he ran home to share the good news and the bread with his family. 
Now, no sooner he grabbed the bread and gone than the rich man came back in. He, he realized that making decisions based on things you think you heard while you were sleeping is maybe not the best way to live your life. So he's come back to try to clean up the mess that he knows he must have made by shoving a bunch of bread in between the Bibles. But when he opened the lid, the bread was gone. And he just stood there with his mouth open for like a minute. He couldn't even breathe. <gasps> oh my God, you really ate the loaves. I thought you were kidding. This is wonderful. You can bet that next week I'll bring another 12 loaves. Maybe next time I'll put in some nuts or something. But no raisins, because we all know that putting raisins in baked goods is an abomination. Now, the next week, the rich man brought in a dozen loaves, and he reverently placed them in the scroll box, although he was still careful to make sure no one saw him, because obviously this is crazy. Then, once he had him in there and the lid on, he left. A few minutes later, the poor man entered, and this time he's praying as he came in. He said, oh, God, I don't know how to say this. I'm out of food again. We ate some, we sold some, we gave some to that guy who lives under the tree down the block, but now there's nothing left. And unless you and your infinite mercy do another miracle for me, we will starve. He opened the box, and bam, another 12 loaves of bread. And he's so excited, another miracle, he cried, 12 more loaves of bread, and look, nuts, I love nuts. Thank you, Lord, this is so wonderful. So it turned out that this little exchange went on for over 20 years. Every week the rich guy would bring in 12 loaves and hide them next to the scrolls, and every week the poor man would come and he would find them. And after a while, it just kind of became a routine with them. The rich guy would say, well, God, here's your bread. Thank you for giving me the privilege of serving you. And the poor guy would say, God, you're so good to feed my family in this way. And after the first couple of years, neither man even gave it much thought. It was just one of those things that they did every week. Then one day, 20 years after this whole thing had started, the rabbi was held up doing a little work in the sanctuary after the service. And while he was there, he saw the weirdest thing. The richest man in town ran in put a dozen loaves of bread into the scroll box, and as soon as he left, the poorest man in town ran in and took them away. The rabbi had to know what was going on, so he called the two men in, and after a little explanation, they figured out what had been going on all these years. And the rabbi scolded them for what they were doing. He said, look, although I'm sure he could if he wanted to, God doesn't eat bread and God doesn't bake bread. I see, the rich man said sadly. I understand, said the poor man, kind of in despair. I guess we shouldn't do it anymore, they both said together. No, 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 said the rabbi. Look at your hands, both of you. He turned to the rich man and said, Your hands are the hands of God, giving food to the poor. And he turned to the poor man and he said, Yours are the hands of God, receiving gifts from the rich. God is still present in your lives. Continue baking and continue taking your hands are the hands of God. In other words, their hands were busy offering a sacrifice of praise. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. 
These are the sacrifices that please God. Attitude check. Praise the Lord. Saying it is good. But doing it is better. Let's pray. Father, we want more from our praise. Don't let a single person here get away with paying lip service to your praise without getting involved in a little hand service as well. Let your spirit nudge us to do and be more than we ever could have imagined. Teach us to bake bread and teach us to take bread and make us each a continual sacrifice of praise from now on until the return of your son Jesus, in whose name we pray. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me these few minutes this week. Grace and peace to each and every one of you. And wherever you are, wherever you think you've got to, remember, you have nothing to fear. Because God is already there. Just go with God.